Face to Face Games proudly presents Grand Prix Toronto, the first Grand Prix featuring the Hour of Devastation limited format, July 21st to 23rd. Come face pro players as they flex their muscles just one week before the Pro Tour. Every Grand Prix entry includes a sleep-in special and registered sealed pool for players with buys. Visit gptoronto2017.facetofacegames.com to register and learn more. Manadeprive.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to facetofacegames.com. Hello, Canada. Do you actually need a coaster? I mean, I know John is rich, but also, I mean, like, I respect the wood. I don't. I don't have a coaster. Um, I have a land coaster. BDM went to Japan for the Pro Tour. Uh, we're at John Finkel's house. He's already in Japan um, testing, I guess, for the Pro Tour. Like, there's other gamers here. I think they're playing modern next to us, so maybe someone will tag in and talk. But um, it's me and Matt Ferrando. I'm Michael J. Uh, we're going to finish out the Hour of Promise that you. We were, what, it was like 15 years ago that we were recording it, something like that? Uh, it was approximately One two, week, two weeks ago. Weeks ago? It's like, you know, we're 80% in and then didn't finish, which just you know, happens when you're older. Um, so we're just gonna we're gonna green it up and then finish it out. Maybe you can hear about mulligans and modern battling over off into off into the right. So uh, first green card is ambuscade, which is two and a G for an instant target creature you control gets plus one plus O oh, until end of turn. It deals damage equal to its power to target creature an opponent controls. Constructed unplayable. Uh, I I mean I kind of actually like the card. I don't know if it's constructible. But, I mean, at some points, like, people were just jamming Prey Upon. Well, that, there's a substantial difference in mana. There's a substantial difference in mana, but it's also, like, a one-sided fight. It also pumps a creature. It's also an instant. So, like, this is costed similar to a Dark Banishing, right? And I don't... Yeah. I've, I'm, I'm no... I'm not in the market for murder, personally, right? So this is, like, worse than a murder. You need a creature. I mean, it's worse than... It's definitely worse than a Disintegration. Disintegration costs two mana. Or three, the same amount of mana. Well, I think it's kind of cool. Like, you can maybe jam in, kill a creature, and also just get extra damage in combat. That's kind of yeah. cool. It's an instant. That's what I'm... I mean, I don't think it's, like, a four of, but I think there's potential for it to be, like, a one to two of in, like, whatever complementing colors that a person's playing. Non-zero ambuscade from... Are you a Grand Prix Top 8 competitor? Once. A Grand Prix, from Grand Prix Top 8 competitor, Matt Ferrando. In 2012, or 2013. 2013, Grand Prix Top 8 competitor, Matt Ferrando. Ambuscade might be constructed playable. I, I think there's, like, a 20% chance it's constructible. Did we do the... Uh, we did the splitsies, didn't we? We already did them. Uh, I think we did. I just want to say that we probably got Appeal to Authority wrong if we did, because this card seems awesome. Uh, I like the effect a lot in Limited. I mean, what if you're playing a token Oh, stack? no, we did. Yeah, we did talk about this. I was like, yeah, if somebody tried to jam it in, like, in a green-white Adventure's Monument deck instead of a blue-white one. Okay. All right, moving on, then. Yeah. Avid Reclaimer, 2 and a G for a 2-2 two, two human druid. This it, is it the can tap for Nissa U like or Nissa G. starter dual deck card. If you control Nissa, you gain two life. Yeah. It's no. garbage. Garbage. <laughs> garbage. It is garbage. Garbage. 
Beneath the Sands, Tuna G, search your library for a basic land card, put it on the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. So it's rampant growth for, for one more mana, but also cycling two. Uh, potentially constructible. Already made, yeah. already made a deck, I think. Like, it costs, it costs three mana, so if you wanted to play a card like Hour of Promise anyway, yeah, you just go three into five. In yeah. And like, you know, later in the game, it just gets. I, I think this card's pretty good because, like, if you drew like a rampant growth weight in the game, yeah. you don't want it. This you can just cycle. Also, probably helps with delirium, right? Like, some, some decks need to get sorcery, et, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. I think it's probably could be as much as a four of in standard. So, bitter bow sharpshooters, four and a G for a four four with vigilance reach. Unplayable and constructed, but let me tell you about it in limited. It is not fun to play against when your opponent has three of them. When your opponent has three? Yes. So like 12, 12 Vigilance Reach. Can't, can't breach that defense. Nope. Another Nissa starter deck card, I think. Bramble Weft Behemoth. 4GG for a 6-6 six, six is efficiently costed. Would you have played this back in the day if you didn't have a Solvo Elemental? It also has Trample. I think it's missing searches for two lands when it comes into play <laughs> or attacks. You can play that and you can play Our Promise. And it's like you build your own primeval titan, you know. Over, are you like a one-use primeval yeah, titan? it's like, you know, you went to Chipotle and you like, it's build your own creature day. I'm going to say that this is not going to make the cut for a couple of reasons. Number one, I could just play like a fair number of different colorless cards that are better than this at this or less casting cost. Like I would rather probably have the card Oblivion Sower than this most of the time, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, just, you're right, Oblivion Sower is better than this, you know, and I could just put that in any deck. <laughs> um, let's see here. Devotee of Strength, 2 and a G for a 3-2 creature, Naga Wizard. So it doesn't have, like, the correct nethers, it just has one giant nether yeah. down, down south. 4G, so an insanely expensive uh, activation cost. Target creature gets plus 2, plus 2 until end of turn. Limited, limited good card. Non -card. Garbage. I'm going with garbage. Keep going. Dune, Dune Diviner, two and a G for a two three Naga Cleric. One uh, tap an untapped desert you control, gain one life. I could see this being played in some number of sideboards. I think this could, I mean, I, I don't think this is probably going to be really realistically that, that popular of a card, but it seems insane sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's like. Uh, it's a card that you would board into, like, you know, your Hour of Promise decks. Well, if you're, like, you're, you've got, like, I don't know, a, playing against maybe a Red Aggro deck or something. Mm -hmm. Actually, Red Aggro decks have Glory Bringers and 3-2 guys that make, make yeah. you can't block now, so maybe 2-3 isn't that great of defense, but I just totally see just having, like, four deserts in play. Even the Mono Red deck played a bunch of deserts, right? Like, you just, like, sit there and rip through their lives. And yeah. I, I, probably it's... not. That seems could be cool. It's a, it's a maybe. Yeah, full on maybe. Yeah. Um, Feral Prowler, one and a G for a one three cat. When Feral Prowler dies, draw a card. This seems like it could be a chain card, right? Uh, I mean, Primal Druid was playable, right, with uh, Emerge. Well, so Primal Druid was an O three, right? So this is a one three for the same cost. Draw card is, I think, generally speaking, an inferior ability to Primal Druid's ability, though. I mean, it depends on like what point in the game you're in. I mean, I, I always want Primal <coughs> Druid. On turn two. On turn two. This but I'd like, much rather have at like any other point in the game. Like I played a lot of Primal Druid 
seem pretty. It's it's awesome if your opponents are playing like Mardu I mean, and Black Green. Also, hasn't seen play in like a year and a half. It's it was played in uh, Roman Fusco, the young lad who you claim I live vicariously through. Which you do. What an ignominious comment that he is. Literally said, I guess I am living vicariously through, through Roman, Roman Fusco. Yeah. Roman. My co-host on my other mana-deprived branded podcast uh, top aided the Star City Classic like two or three weeks ago, playing four Primal Druids, uh, undefeated in the Swiss, I believe. Lost and finished sixth because he didn't have my full vicariousness. Uh, and then it's not tournament. a reciprocal. Uh, it's not a reciprocal relationship, is what you're saying? No, no. It's purely it's parasitic. Way. Yeah. Okay. So um, this is, yeah, it's not that far off of Primal Druid. <laughs> I think it could be okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, Primal Druid cycles out with the merge, so I don't see this card having any place once that actually happens. I mean, do you see this right card? Now, maybe. Like, there's no, like, there's no reason to play a merge enablers that are worse than, for example, that new guy who's U two for like. Um, the two one body that has the flashback for the four four I mean, body. I think it's like, what are you playing? <laughs> the other card that comes to mind when I think about this one is uh, Eldritch Expedition. <laughs> That's the only other card I can think of that like you have like a pretty good synergy with it. You break even and then you ramp for a four or three. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I'm not super excited about this card, but I can totally see it being played. Yeah. That's a, that's we'll call it a corner. Somebody smarter than us will figure it out. Frilled Sandwalla. It's it's G for a one one. One and a G. Frilled Sandwalla gains plus two plus two until end of turn. Activate this ability only once each turn. It's missing madness. If it had madness, this card would be like a four of in Legacy or something. So I don't know if this card is playable, but I will say that it feels like in this current standard format there are more green one drops than any other standard format that have three toughness or the potential have three toughness there's like this guy there's narnum renegade there's narwhal dryad and people aren't even playing the ones no. that you don't have to pump for two exactly. all right moving on maybe then. maybe there's a world gift of strength this i feel like i'm powerful just reading this card well, one in a g for an instant Target creatures plus three plus three, and reach until energy. So this is a blocking pump spell. It's righteousness. Moving, it's like a good righteousness. Moving, good why? Because you can attack with it. Righteousness is only blocking. All right. Harrier Naga. You don't want to talk about trained Armadon. Easier to cast trained Armadon. <laughs> Two and a G for a three three Naga warrior. Tons of text, but none of it rules text. This is a. Uh, very similar in power level to Gnarled Mass, but not quite as good as Gnarled Mass because it's not a spirit. Yeah. But I think it would still be a four of in all reasonable decks. Mm -hmm. Not really. I would be happy to have four of them in a draft deck. I had like multiple in my sealed deck and I still went one in three at the pre-release. Just put, pointing that out there. You got the same amount. Hope Tender. One and a G for a 2-2 creature, Human Druid. One and a tap, untap target land. One and a tap, exert hope tender, untap two target lands. This yeah. is like kind of a not very good accelerating creature, but is a bear. It is, oh, it's a bear? I thought it was a, thought it was a one, two. Mm -mm. So I don't think this card does a whole lot in standard. It can untap uh, temples, but you also have to have five mana to do that. 
I, I think seven, you have to have seven lands. And you're also exerting. I, this seems like a lot of work. And also, this is a very like if you're playing a temples deck, probably all your opponents are going to have approximately nine one and two casting cost point removal spells. Mm -hmm. So, for example, fatal pushes, abrades, um, you know. But don't you etc. And you have no other targets if you're if you're playing stuff like this. This is a card that you board into for those decks. I mean, would you realize? I mean, if let's say you were going to do this yeah. boarding in a two-two two for whole, two, you know, I'm going to shave my removal spells. Yeah, but would you rather have this rather than like two or three of the other two casting cost accelerators? For example, like the one that gives you two energy, or the one that right. actually fights later. Uh, I mean, right, it depends. He like starts off with a bunch. You know, he gets bigger if you oh, use three, four, two yeah. Or even the Beast Caller Savant. Is that guy legal still? He has haste, right? Oh, that guy. Tajuru Stalwart. Whatever no, he's called. is it Tajuru Stalwart? I know who you're talking about, though. It's the yeah, I don't know his one. name. Yeah, but he has haste. Like, cast creatures. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he's or, still legal. But no he, one, does, he doesn't cast... Spells? <laughs> he doesn't cast spells. So, but I'm just saying, do you think Hope Tender is so much better than, like, the 2-2 guy who gives you 2 energy? In standard, probably not. In modern? This card is not getting played in modern. There are really? searing bloods in with modern. Bas with the uh, downsides? Like, go back to Primeval Titan, Tolari West deck? I mean, Amulet Bloom? Sands. Yeah, how is this guy good in Amulet Bloom? Because you untap lands. I understand it, but it's. Tap two bounce lands. Yeah, but he seems like slow and vulnerable. I mean, anything is. Azusa's slow and vulnerable. You're slow and vulnerable. All right. Uh, of the, the two or so awesome green cards, here's one of them. Yeah. Hour of Promise. This is a good one. Four and a G for a sorcery. Search your library for up to two land cards. Then uh, put them onto the battlefield. Tap and shuffle your library. Then, if you control three or more deserts, create two, two, two black zombie creature tokens. I think this is my favorite card in the set. Uh, I think it's one of the better cards in the set. I mean, whether it's one of the better cards or not is different than if it's one of my favorite cards, right? Yes. So this card is a little expensive for an explosive vegetation, but you can get anything instead of just getting basic lands. Well, explosive vegetation yeah. put three basics in the play for four mana. Is it puts, I thought I only put two for four mana. What am I thinking of that's three? Nissa's Renewal? Nissa's Renewal puts two in your hand and one in the play. No, Nissa's... The six casting cost misses. Oh, that one. This is, this is renewal, right? <clears throat> anyway, this card, but it gets, could it get deserts or it could get double lands to cast Eldrazi, right? So yes. if you get two double lands, you have five, so that's six, seven, eight, nine, just hit a natural land drop and you can just drop Ulamog on the next turn. If you hit a three casting cost accelerator or any, you know, you just go like, any mana yeah, the, it's easily land Ulamog on turn five yeah. in standard, which is quite powerful. Uh, I think the interesting thing we'll see is how many temples people play, how many deserts people play, right? So I think you want to have some number of deserts in your deck greater than three because you actually want to have a desert in play when you cast a suit. You can search for two deserts to make the zombies sometimes. Well, yeah, like always having the option is good, especially in standard where it can be a mid range dominated format. Because if you don't have the Ulamog, you want to have the backup plan anyway. Uh, you know, when you don't have the Ulamog, you can just put two zombies into play. You can be prepared to actually like trade in combat. I mean, you could have the Ulamog and you can natural draw temples. There's all kinds of things yeah, you could do. <clears throat> it's like choose between the now plan and shoot the maybe I have some time plan. 
All right, so that's, I think, a spectacular card. Life goes on is G for an instant. You gain four life. If a creature died this turn, you gain eight life instead. <laughs> Unplayable. Even though the mono red deck is like one of the best decks so far. What? In standard. That's one tournament. The mono red deck is all creatures also, so it, yeah, it has barely any the cards that go face. The standard tournament of every new set is always the worst one. Mono red always yeah. wins. Always. I love one. mono red. If you go, if you go back <laughs> and look at. The first standard tournament, like every time a new set comes out. Yeah, obviously. There's no time to tune the decks. Three uh, weeks from now, it's just gonna be black, green, and Mardu again. It's always just like black, green, black, green, Mardu. No will catcher's mind, but even too dirtily. It's like watching a pickup game of basketball with all white people, all <laughs> old white people. Wow. That's aggro. Our, our listeners beautiful, beautiful and ugly at the exact same time. Our, our listeners are from Canada. They're they're. I mean, some are from America. They're they're demographically Old what you're talking about. Hockey. Majestic, Miriarch. Uh, Why does that like? It's it's a made up word. Forna G for an XX Chimera. Majestic Miriarch's power and toughness are each equal to the number of creatures you control. So it could be as bad as a one one, right? Uh, no, it's a minimum of 2-2, right? No, it's e- equal to the number of... Twice creatures. the number. Oh, twice the number? So, by itself, it is a 2-2. Two, two. Okay. With another creature, it's a 4-4. Oh, so three creatures say... It's actually, like, kind of impressive. Okay. At the beginning of each combat, if you control a creature with flying, Majestic Mirror gains flying. Same as true for first strike, double strike, death touch, haste, hexproof, indestructible, lifelink, menace, reach, trample, and vigilance. So this costs 5. This could be, like, a hell of a finisher in... In any number of decks. token decks, especially because of the haste, right? So you can just yeah. like, have like six tokens in play, drop Majestic Mirror, and get in for 14 or something. You have Sam in play. It has haste, it has double strike, it has vigilance. I think, uh, this, I think this could is, be good. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what it goes in, but I mean, it's also cheap and splashable. Well, I mean, so it's I, like in the green white <coughs> in the blue white monument deck, so you could just like, hey, yeah, I'll just play. Well, a maybe you could just play green white monument and play this in the cloud blazer slot. That's true, also, and then you get your appeal to authority to so, be able to break through on authority. Yeah, the the disadvantage of that is that this is not a white creature, so it doesn't get that specific combo. I mean, but you can still all your other still cards. Get your token off of it. You yeah. just can't play it on turn four. You have to play it on turn five. I don't know if it's so. I think that that might be a, a deck, green white monument. With that, I mean, can't you also? Is there anything else you can play it with? Like you can play it with Catacomb Sifter. You can play it on turn four. Like I, I, I mean, the thing is, the card is so easy to cast, and it has such little downside that is there. I think it has a very high ceiling. Is there a, a reason you would play that instead of say Burger's Girl? Uh, uh, being able to gain flying and haste is pretty big. Yeah, but like, if you have like Winding Constrictor and Catacomb Sifter and then your Verdusgear Hulking, I mean, you're just gonna barf power onto the table. Uh, get in for like 12 or something, which is the same as the Mirror can do. So, like, what happens when you play, when you sequence this card after like one of the gods? Like, all the gods are indestructible. Right. Oh. Can you build like a green red deck where you go like Hazard on four, this guy on five, and you have a haste indestructible 
Well, it's at least a 4-4 then, right? Yeah, it's at least a 4-4, and they both have haste indestructible if, you know, you can also meet It hazards. sounds like I would do that, actually, what you're saying. Cause I there, think, yeah. Because there are already other cards that it's I like would another, play with It's red. like another glory bringer in that sense. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. There's, I think there's something to it. I'm not sure what it is, though. I think it's, that sounds pretty good. I'd do that. In green-red, though, you know, you're probably playing glory bringer on the 5 instead of this card. You think? So, I mean, the mono red deck only played two glory bringers and two reality smashers this past weekend. Ooh, reality smasher. Bring him back. Haste so, and trample? I mean, he's friends with the Mirror then, right? Yeah, but they would cost five. It's about curving into it. It's uh, about letting it be natural. So, you know the rule that planeswalkers are always awesome and, and playable, etc., right? This is, this is part of the terrible planeswalker cycle. It's a GG5 Nissa Henesis Mage. Uh, plus two, untap up to two target creatures and up to two target lands. That's a pretty powerful ability. That's actually probably a really impressive ability. On the starter deck ones, this yeah. is probably the best. Well, I mean, it's a great ability, but we're talking about making a seven mana it's investment plus two to start. For double Kiora, but also for seven mana. Can you go to seven? Minus three, target creature gets plus five, plus five until end of turn. It's yeah. kind of horrible. Yeah. Minus ten. Look at the top 10 cards of your library. You may put any number of creature and or land cards from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. This is very like so it's Ugin. almost like Ugin-ish. Genesis, Genesis Wave, except you can only put creatures and lands. You can't put Planeswalkers in the I mean, like, what if you just had mostly creatures and lands, just hit everything? What if you just didn't play this card at all? Yeah. You never had to worry about it. I think this card's again. not very good. Uh, I would agree. Um, on the other hand, the next card's pretty good. Nissa's Defeat, I think this card's really good. two and a G. Sorcery, destroy target, forest, green enchantment, or green planeswalker. If that permanent was a Nissa, draw a card. This is the like only stone rain that exists in standard. Yeah, it's good. I think get, this, is, this one might be very good. I think it'll be a very popular sideboard card. And like, being able to kill, keep somebody off of our promise for like a turn. Yeah. It's pretty big. Nissa's encouragement for an G sorcery. Search your library for library and graveyard for a card named Forest, a card named Bramblewood Behemoth, and a card named Nissa Genesis Mage. Reveal those cards and put them into your hand, then shuffle your library. So we saw the Bramblewood Behemoth. Not even trying anymore with these cards. This is like a really powerful card, but I would never want to play the cards required in order in order to make it a three for one. So every time they come out with these dual decks, they always have like this type of card that lets you search for your Planeswalker. Yeah. So, you know, people can find it faster. And it usually comes in the form of a creature or like sometimes a removal spell. There was like, you know, deal seven damage, find your Chandra or something. And then this card just like gave up all together. Yeah, like, but it's just like five, five do this and get a forest, play the forest, play the Bramblewood, and then hit I'm seven. this doesn't let you just get another copy of this card. Just kind of make it like a Tidings. I mean... Is it possible someone could house you with this? I mean, I'm, I've, I've lost to work cards <laughs> in this. Like you're playing like some sweetly tuned, you know, Oketra's Monument deck. For some reason you haven't killed your opponent with Mad 1-1 One -One tokens, and they're like, <laughs> five mana, get encouraged, do literally nothing to affect the board. <laughs> But I'm gonna get you like three turns from now. I mean, yeah. If you're if you're playing like an hour of promise deck, 
This does but not affect the board. No, but you're yeah. like playing against a control like, deck and you board one or two of these in and you board in all Alongside the Bramble Beam. <laughs> board in the one Bramble Behemoth in your deck and you have it in your opener. As the progenitor of an entire school of mono blue decks, I would just like to say to anyone who's listening to this podcast, if you play against me and I'm playing blue, I would I would love it if you sided in Nissa's encouragement and Bramble would Behemoth. You're playing we, blue deck. We would be friends. No, no, because I don't... I don't want them to not have those cards if possible. I would let you get the three for one so that you waste your next two turns casting unplayables. Yeah. All right. Oasis Ritualist. Three and a G for a two four Naga Druid. It's got two tap abilities. One, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Or exert Oasis Ritualist, add two mana of any one color to your mana pool. I think it's a little expensive for an accelerator. Hard pass. Although. Pillar Field Ox with abilities and and limited are always great. All right. Um, let's see here. Overcome. 3GG. Creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and gain trample until end of turn. Maybe. Horrible. I mean, Overrun was played in those token decks. Yeah, but this is like 1-1 one, one less than Overrun. If you can Overrun, no why trample. can you Overcome? It's like the difference between dealing like 12 damage and 18 damage. There's literally no difference. I still lose to this card when I draft. <laughs> this is not, doesn't have, I mean, all right. I guess it has, it's just fully 1-1 one, one less. If you curve out, if you go 2-2, two, 3-3, two, three, 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 and you can deal that damage, it, it adds up. I mean, don't you think it's just better to play like Decimator Provinces if you want that ability in standard? Yeah, but then you lose a creature to attack with. Wait, does this matter? Yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't pump himself. Does he have trample? I don't know. I don't know. All right. I think Decimator's gas. All right, speaking of gas, Pride Sovereign, two and a G for a 2-2 creature cat. Pride Sovereign gains plus one, plus one for each other cat you control. He's got another ability. White, white tap. Propaganda. Exert Pride Sovereign. Create two one one cat creature tokens with lifelink. I think this card is awesome. What do you think? I think... If you're playing a cat strategy. I think Wizards tried very hard to pander to the cat lovers out there in their almond cat propaganda block. I mean, like, you could just have, like, a 2-2. You swing into this guy, and he's like, all right, tap makes you cats. He becomes, like, a... This, this card's very good. I'm a very big uh, creature. I, I mean, <coughs> he, if you get to untap with him, you know, he makes two bo- he makes four power worth of bodies. I mean, drawing multiples is also insane, right? Because, like, they, yeah. they feed they each other. Themselves, uh, anyways, you get in haste. Salmon's, like, the only way to get in haste, really. But, like, they're just... The, the, they pump each other, they pump yeah. you know, themselves, I mean, they, they like increase size. Dictionary definition of a snowball like creature. There's so many playable cats. The thing is, like, there's like this guy. Are there ways to untap this, like, very casual way to, ways to untap this in the. Sure, I mean, you can just play. You can just play cards like. Like, uh, always watching, right? That's a good one. Uh, they both cost three. I'm all about curving. Oh, then I'm to land. Yeah, but like it's like Regal Caracal and um, even like Sacred Cat is a token producing cat, right? You're just getting more cat bodies. What if I tap this, made two, sacrifice this to Eldritch Evolution, get Regal Caracal, and then I have eight two two life linking cats. I mean, but you're gonna lose all that power that this guy would be getting. This wasn't gonna untap anyway, and it's also actually a break even because Regal Caracal 
pumps the tokens also. Um. So it's like you have two sets of cat lords. Eldritch Evolution lets you search for the other cat lord. I think that I would want to play Regal Caracol in the same deck as yeah. Pride Sovereign. Right. If you also <coughs> happen to have other three drops oh. in your deck, like, do you think you could be Eldritch Evolution into your Regal Caracol? Maybe. I hadn't thought about it. I'll have to think about it. Or maybe even Eldritch Evolution into a Samut to give all your cats a haste. You're just just so profligate. Man, I mean, you know, they're all just one of them. All right. Quarry Beetle, 4 and a G for a 4-5, so it's just like an Urnum Gen, but more expensive. When Quarry Beetle enters the battlefield, you may return target land card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Oh, this is like a bad Renegade Rallyer to me. This card is awesomely costed about too much, too high. Too. Yeah. Uh, no thanks. Rampaging Hippo, 4 GG for a 5-6 creature. Trample Cycling 2. Garbage. Been limited. Garbage it is. Roman up excavator two and a G for a two three Naga cleric. You may play land cards from your graveyard. Maybe. I think this card's pretty good actually. Like, um, you know, desert sacrifice effects are putting uh, deserts in the graveyard, and then you've also got cards like. You've also uh, just got the desert cycler. I mean, if you do nothing with your mana on turn two, you drop this guy on either yeah. three or four, uninterrupted. You just drew two cards essentially, or drew one card because the desert replaces itself. When you cycle. Sure. Uh, and then also there's uh, uh, just evolving lots. Yeah. That, that I mean, the other thing is, if you have this guy in play and you do have the cycle lands, you're just going cycle, put my land in play, yeah. go. Super solid. Yeah. This reminds me a lot of like. Corsair Crufix. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, but you know, you don't gain life and you kind of have to. And it has an inferior amount of toughness. Inferior amount of toughness, you also have to, you know, pay the two mana premium in, in order to put it into play. Ramming up Hydra, three and a G for a three three snake Hydra, vigilance reach trample. Ramming up Hydra gains plus one plus one as long as you control a desert. Ramming up Hydra gets plus one plus one as long as there are desert card in your graveyard. So it's as much as five five, vigilance reach trample for four. I think this could be okay, right? I thought this had death touch for a while. Does not. I mean, like it's just, still pretty good. I think it's okay. Yeah. Uh, how do you cost it relative? Uh, you know, compare it relative to. Uh, the 4-4 four, four Eldrazi for 4 that um, steals from your hand, yeah. Uh, I mean, I usually think Thought Not is better. Well, I think Thought Not is better also, um, and I think that's problematic for Monopydra because Thought Not is, I think, played in desert-based decks because they can tap for colorless yeah. without any, any difficulty. Um, I think it's, on average, bigger than Monopydra. Because Roman of Hydra is 3-3 base, right? Because plus one, plus one if you yeah. have a desert. But you're not casting Thought Not unless you have a desert, typically, because otherwise, how are you going to get your, your colorless? So I think it's typically a little bit bigger. I think the biggest problem this card might have is, is this card just better than Blistering Hydra or not? Blistering Hydra is a... I mean, it's really good. I saw a deck list from top eight of one of these events this past week, and he had three Blistering Hydra, and then another one had two Blistering Hydra. Like... I, I don't know if they ever played a... I, I, I'm sure that they've played with Blistering Hydra making these like top hits of these events. They're so like, oh, this is a really good card. I don't know if they've ever played against Blistering Hydra. Because Bristling Hydra... The reason I ask is because like, as someone who's played against it quite often, the thought that goes through my head is, Bristling Hydra, how the hell can I beat that? And then like a few seconds later, I'm like, all right, I can beat that if I do this, this, and this. Then you play the next couple of turns, just like, as long as it doesn't draw another Bristling Hydra, ah, sh 
You know, like, a card is unbeatable. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have to fight for Thought Knots here, which isn't seeing a lot of play. I think Bristling Hydra is going to see play. Like, the energy decks are, still, are basically still there. Yeah, I so. agree. Ooh, Resilient Kenra. One and a G for a 2-2 Jackal Wizard. Uh, when Resilient Kenra enters the battlefield, you may have target creature get plus X, plus X until end of turn where X is Resilient Kenra's power, so he's basically two, but it also has him eternalized for six. So when it flashes back, you give plus four, plus four. Is there a mono green? I, I feel like there's maybe a mono green zombie deck in this format. I don't know if it's good. I mean, there's a mono red, like essentially a stompy deck that's no, been successful. No, I'm talking about mono green, nothing but one drops, and maybe this guy because this guy's just good. You just get to get in for three or on turn, turn, yeah. turn, turn two. So it's basically a haste creature, right? That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. And then, but he's, what I like about this card is the kind of deck you're describing often gets in there and then gets stalled because somebody has a sweeper or like a lot of good point removal yeah, and the eternalize is really significant eternalize is really good but then that deck Wait, also your... gets the next card okay we can talk about the it. next card Ronus's last stand GG for a sorcery create a 5-4 green snake creature token lands you control don't untap during your next untap step yeah. did I tap this? this card it's is 5-4 for yes. 2 oh, but I would give up your third turn yeah. So I think this card is, especially in those types of decks. So in like the realm of possibility where there is like maybe a mono green zombie deck, like you just jam this on turn two. Your deck has nothing but one drops in it anyway. Yeah. So you just play your fours, play your one drop, and it's like nothing has changed. But then there's also the fact that this card is just a two mana five four. Yeah, I mean a two mana five four seems pretty impressive to me. The only thing I'd say is. The drawback is pretty substantial, and the opponent could be playing with Grasp of Darkness. It's not like it's a 2 mana 5 5, which would be very different than a 2, two mana 5 4. It does still get Fatal Push, which is a big, big problem. So, uh, Ronus's Stalwart, 1 and a G for a 2 2 creature human warrior. You may exert Ronus's Stalwart as it attacks. When you do, it gains plus 1 plus 1 as well end of turn and can't be blocked by creatures of the power 2 or less this turn. Boring. Uh, I like it in the middle. Boring. I think I think it it would be better if it's unblockable ability scaled, or it's just like plus two plus. I'm sorry, it's just two two and uh, then can't be blocked. Yeah, like if it were for four four or something, you know, make it make it unblockable by four or less. What's the? It doesn't have a name yet, right? The non. No. Skulk. Ooh, Sidewinder Naga two and a G for a three two. As long as you control a desert. Where there's a desert in your graveyard, Sidewinder Naga gets plus one plus O oh, and has trample, <coughs> so it should have like it'd be like four two trample for three. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that card's fine. For constructed? No, I'm still thinking about limited. No way, this is playable. I've constructed. been losing a lot of drafts, so I don't really think about. <laughs> Sifter Worm. I think this card might actually be five five GG for a seven seven Worm. Trample Worm. Trample. When Sifterworm enters the battlefield, scry three, then reveal the top card of your library. You gain life equal to that card's converted mana cost. So, you know, if you don't have Ulamog, yeah. you can still, our promise, have seven mana, cast this, scry three, gain ten. Try to hit Ulamog, gain, gain ten. ten. 
I think maybe in those decks this could be like a one or two. I'm not sure, but I don't think this card's completely unplayable. All right, I'm I'm gonna respectfully reserve my opinion. That's fine. Um, Tenacious Hunter two GG for a four four. I like that. As long as it's a crocodilly, as long as the creature has a minus one minus one counter on it, Tenacious Hunter has vigilance and death touch. It's kind of annoying. It's not very good though. Only in game predicated on on creature combat. Uh, last in green, Uncage the Menagerie, XGG Sorcery. Search your library for up to X creature cards with different names. Got a converted mana cost X. Reveal them, uh, put them to your hand, and shuffle your library. So this is, like, impossible to play, right? You, you have to, if you want to get one drops, it has to be three, right? If you want to get two drops, it has to be four. So, yeah, you pay four mana to get two two drops. You pay, one, you pay three mana to get one one drop. Five mana to get three three drops. Is that right? Three. Different names? Yeah, like, it's... One, two, three, this, card, this card seems very difficult for me to wrap my head around. I haven't figured yeah. it out yet. This is, this is a puzzle that only someone at Wizards has figured out so far. <laughs> and they, they don't want to tell anyone just yet. All right. Um, that was green. I, I don't think... I don't know if we did artifacts yet, but... Uh... Do you remember doing artifacts? No. I feel like I would have remembered Gate to the Afterlife. We yeah, I don't think we did artifacts. You want to do artifacts? Sure. All right. Let's... Did you see the gate of the afterlife deck? Yeah. Was it one of those decks that was posted by um, Hera Yuya? No, it was posted by somebody else. Um, I think I remember Alex Altman commenting on it, or somebody else commented on it, and I saw it and it didn't make any sense to me because it had a bunch of metalwork processes in it. Oh, you know what? All right. Um, we're gonna be almost on artifacts. Uh, artifacts incoming. All right, there are twelve of them. First is abandoned sarcophagus, which is three for an artifact. You may cast non-land cards with cycling from your graveyard. If a card with cycling would be put into your graveyard from anywhere and it wasn't cycled, exile it instead. English card deck. I don't know what it's in though. I mean, it's like a really slow living end, right? Uh, I mean, it's not that it's a slow living end. It's just like... <laughs> it's a very bad, narrow crystal world, maybe. Because <laughs> it's like, what are, the, what are the cards that you're bringing back? So it's like... The cycling rampant growth could be one of them. I mean, you like kind of a Sphinx... Yeah. A Sidewinder Worm or whatever it's called. Like that. Like stuff that, think about stuff that cycles for, for one. Like the Sphinx. Yeah. So you can cycle the Sphinx for the one man. So it's like all your spells that cost one to cycle just have kick or draw cards. Yeah, like for, for like actual mid-range decks or like decks that are going to interact with the opponent. I think this card is actually potentially quite powerful. I think you're not. Like you I just, think this is very good against control decks. I could be good in, in some control six. decks. <laughs> like, you can cast sensors out of your graveyard. Yeah, that's cool. Like, you can go three mana, cycle sensor, cast sensor. I got to draw a card and I got to take or something. I think it's okay. Or you can just pay four mana to go <laughs> cast sensor, cast sensor. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Crook of Condemnation. It's two mana uh, for an artifact. One tap, exile target card from a graveyard. 
so it's kind of kind of relicish. And then one one tap exile crook of condemnation exile all cards from all graveyards. This costs literally twice as much as you're supposed to have. It this right. is the worst relic of progenus ever printed. All right, moving on. Dagger of the worthy two mana for an equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two plus zero oh and has afflict one. Uh, no. A little weak, right? Yeah. God Pharaoh's gift. It's seven. At the beginning of your combat, you may exile a creature card from your graveyard. If you do, create a token that's a copy of that card, except it's a plus four. It's a four four black zombie. It gains haste until end of turn. Somebody played this. I think it, I actually played against Rich Owen yesterday on Moto. Yeah. And he played this against me. I won that game, but he won the match. <laughs> he. He brought oh, back the four, he bought back yeah. the hexproof serpent, uh, but there was a deck posted with this. I don't know who made the deck, but it was like uh, it almost looked like the emerge deck. Yeah. But it also had it had one one copy of this. It had four gate of the afterlife, which is the thing that lets you tutor for this, mm. and it had four metalwork colossus, <laughs> which makes it so. Metalwork Colossus costs four. This card, they only play one copy in the in the other version. I didn't see the other version. Is right. there a higher? So there was a higher unit. Yeah, I think it only has one copy okay. of God Pharaoh's Gift. Maybe also. Two, okay. Graven Abomination, three mana for a three-one. Whenever Graven Abomination attacks, exile target card from defending player's graveyard. No. Yep. No. Hollow one. Five for four four. Hollow yes. one costs two less for each card, and you've cycled or discarded this turn. Cycling two. Uh, I think this card might be good. I just don't know where. I think it could be good too. Also. Also, I think with that cast, you play yeah. it in that. Yeah. It's one of those cards gets better in older formats. Yeah. Mana lith. We've seen this before, right? Three mana for making some mana. Mirage mirror. Three mana for an artifact. Two tap. I'm sorry, not tap. Two poly effect. Mirage mirror becomes a copy of target artifact creature enchantment or land until end of turn. Uh, I think this deck card's supposed to be very good with in older formats because you can copy dark depths. Oh. And you automatically get the token, and you can also copy time vault. Oh, that's really. It doesn't so have time vaults. So you don't need the key. Look at you. Like a, somebody else mentioned it. I think it was Garrett. Powerful. Sunset Pyramid 2 for an artifact. Sunset Pyramid enters the battlefield with three brick counters on it. Two tap, remove a brick counter from Sunset Pyramid, draw a card, or just two tap, scry one. Seems super expensive for constructing to me. I kind of like that card. I don't know if oh, it's good though. But you can put it in, you know, decks that just don't. Yeah, do you want to spend those resources for that? It lets you find Ulamog. How are you finding Ulamog? All you have is Nissa's. I think it's it's kind of playable. Like It's, it's very Jane Bay to Umish, but it doesn't require as much of a down payment. Traveler's Amulet 1. Sacrifice Traveler's Amulet. Search your library for basically and reveal it and put it into your hand. No. No? I think it's playable. I think Where? Blue-white. Oh. Uh... You want to play it in blue-white? They want to have an artifact for, oh, you, oh, you want it for, uh, whatchamacallit? Metallic Rebuke, maybe. Metallic Rebuke, and what's the other one? Delirium Wrath? Oh, uh, Descent Upon Sun. There you go. I, I think, think it okay, be playable. I think you're right. All right, so Visage of Bolas. For when Visage of Bolas enters the battlefield, you may search your library and or graveyard for a card named Nicobolas Seaver. 
This is the bad nickel bolus that you can search for. It's not the good nickel bolus. Reveal it and put it in your hand. Uh, if you search library this way, shuffle it and it can tap for any of the Grixis colors. Uh, I mean, if there's a chance that the other <coughs> nickel bolus is playable, then this card might actually be good right. because it's just a mana rock that draws you a card immediately. Like well, Mindstone. Four, four casting costs mana rock. <coughs> yeah, but Mindstone costs three to cost three to play and draw you your card. Finally, Wall of Forsake or Forgotten Pharaohs 2. Defender. It's a artifact creature wall. Wall of Forgotten Pharaohs deals one damage to target player. Activate this ability only if you control a desert and there or there is a desert card in your graveyard. There's a very off chance this card is playable. It's 04 for two. I think that's an okay pedigree. Yeah. This card's existed before. All right. For sideboards and stuff like that. Of the green and artifact cards that we saw today, which ones do you like, if any? I think our promise is probably the best one, for obvious reasons. Uh, Ronus's last stand, I like a lot. Oh, that's pretty cool. And I think it gets better as formats get older. Uh, what else? Those are like the two biggest standouts. I mean, I think yeah, our promise and. And uh, no second place. Yeah. All right. Um, this is uh, the Top 8 Magic Podcast, so we have to talk about other things. Um, Basketball? What are we going to talk about? Uh, Melo's still not talking to the Knicks. <laughs> it's still a, uh, the will-they-won't-they they story of the it's, it's, of it's, NBA free agency. It's the moonlighting of... Uh, do you I, know what I haven't seen is? moonlighting is. Is that the movie? No. It made, made Bruce Willis's career. I'll have to look yeah, It was about a detective Wait, agency. what year? 87? 85 years old. Yeah. I haven't heard of it. Yeah, it was Real. about a detective agency starring an attractive man and an attractive woman. Will they or won't they? Were they white? Yep. Here's the problem. Once they willed, there was no longer will they or they won't they, and then nobody watched anymore. End. Just like Beauty and the Beast. Oh, just, that's like the office effect. Yeah. After Pam and Jim got together, nobody really like cared. Right after they get together, we watch. Just roll over to the next porn. You're you're the one that's got to edit this, right? Oh no no this is this is just this saying is up. Can, Canada is a more permissive listening audience. I guess that's true. All right uh, okay so Mella, what, what else what do we what else we got? Uh, uh, what movie did you watch? Yeah. I didn't I didn't yeah. see it. Uh, a man called Ove. It's a Swedish oh, movie. It was great. I'll, I'll look into it. Is it is it like really methodical and long and philosophical? Because I don't like those kinds of movies. Slightly under two hours. It was really cute. Um, was it like uh, Hunt for the Wilder People? Cute? Did I don't you know see what that, that one? No. Oh, you weren't here for it. I, yeah, I, I mean, I travel quite a bit for work, so. Oh. You can't be sick, sick brag. It's not really anything fancy. All right. Um, I think that was just green and artifacts. I hope I hope people don't miss BDM too much. That's that's what I got. Well, do you miss BDM a lot? Like regularly? Like right now? Are you like I really wish BDM were here? Not really, right? But I mentioned it, and now you're like, well, I do miss BDM. It's like, what is what is what is BDM bringing to the conversation? Here, he would have already brought. Porn into the conversation. We already did that for him. Yeah, I mean, 
Like the, he probably would have had things to say about basketball. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Lakers won summer league. Um, he would have. Hey, Manuel D. The Lakers won summer league. How does that make you feel? Indifferent. Indifferent. I, like, I heard Lonzo like Ball was living up to oh, his yeah, last no, no, name. No, no. I mean, the Lakers. The fact that they won the summer league wasn't really exciting, but I think the prospects are really good. I think yeah. Lonzo Ball is going to be really good. Kuzma seems like a, a good, a really good pick. Uh, Brandon Ingram looked way too good to be in summer league. Even they only played one game. I mean, they do that oh, a lot uh, with people yeah. that have already been in the league for a year. What, what oh. deck is Dano playing? He looks he's really frustrated. Well, yeah, he's playing Infinity. Really yeah. frustrated. Well, it's just like his... So he's really far ahead of uh, Grish's death shadow, right? It's unwinnable. It felt like... Not unwinnable, but it felt like probably three to one in his favor. Yeah. Right. Um, and then the Coco deck felt pretty far in that deck's favor. Is this just like a straight, like, RPS? Like, if you... You're, you either got it or you or they got it. Yeah, although this this matchup feels more interesting. Yeah. But I think uh, Alan Wu thought that this was ahead, but he got run over on camera. Yeah. Right. Uh, but he also he thought that Affinity was ahead. Yeah. Uh, or uh, Yeah. But he he also like kept a uh, he ran he got a turn two concession on on the second game, mm-hmm. and in the third game I think he uh, kept one land and died. But One land, the great equalizer oh, yeah. of tournament match of the gathering. Don't do it, kids. It but, never, it never comes out right. But I think don't the, do the older, harder formats. So, <laughs> but the Lakers did a good job of making me already forget about D'Angelo Russell. Did you not like Russell? I like Russell a lot, right? But and I, I mean, it was just the one locker room tiff, and it was only with like. No, but I think he also wouldn't fit well with Lonzo. Like one thing about D'Angelo Russell is that he also just would take a lot of bad shots. I just, remember that, yeah. Can you coach that out of somebody? Can you? Uh, they did it with J.R. Smith. When they, when they moved J.R. from the Knicks to the Cavs, he went from being the Lakers like, don't have a this like on, random chucker to being an elite defender who could just land tons of threes. And, and, and he's going to be a point guard anyway. Currently, he had like, one of the top five first two years for a point guard of all time. I think D'Angelo Russell's actually quite good. Well, back. the reason that Lonzo's not going to take bad shots <laughs> is because he's also like not a great... Shooter. Like, well, he's actually, also gonna have a different team. Well, he he's good from three, but I mean, aside from that, like, he's, he's not a good free th- he's not a good free throw shooter, right? He's fun. He shot seventy nine percent summer league. Yeah, he, yeah. You should look up his, his numbers stats. were way lower. You know what he shot? You know what his two he shot from two point range in college? What? Guess. Just take a guess. Sixty seven percent. Five. Huh? Seventy two. Seventy two. Yeah, man. His, he shot fifty six percent. He's a guard, time. right? Yeah. Yes. Right. 72% on twos because it was all like just layups. He got to the basket all the time, he could finish. Uh, he's also giant. Yeah. I mean, his dad could easily have beaten Michael Jordan one on one. It's pretty brilliant. What was, what was LeVar's stat line? It was like, I, I mean, the article I read said, you know, he he, he averaged two points a uh, two points a game in college, and then couldn't get on the get on the the floor when he transferred. The same year, Michael Jordan averaged thirty five points on an NBA title. You don't that, you don't think Lavar Ball knows what he's saying though, right? He's he's brilliant. I think he's actually like brilliant. Yeah. He's really, so my I, I have four point maybe. Four and a half points, right? Yeah. Of uh, of evidence. One is um, there's actually a, a really funny video on ESPN with uh, Jewish rapper Lil Dicky. Right. Have, have, have you seen this video? No. 
It's like the, the premise of the video is that Lil Dicky is actually the fourth ball brother that's forgotten. <laughs> and his name is Lud Dicky, right? It's like Lud Dicky, Lonzo, Leandro, yeah, yeah. and Lamelo, right? And um, there's this one sequence in there where he's where Lavar kicks Lil Dicky, uh, Lil Dicky out of the house, right? For like rapping. Right? He's like, no one wants to hear that inside the house. And then uh, Lil Dicky just goes like, uh, you're not better than Jordan. And Lavar goes, I am better than Jordan. You know. <laughs> And then he goes, uh, people laugh at you. And he goes, you know why they're laughing? They say, oh, it must be fun at the top. Right? You see LaVar's just like basking the, this ridiculousness of the persona that he's created, right? And there's also the Foot Locker Father's Day commercial. Did you see that one? No. It was just like all the top draft picks were just talking about like, great memories of their dad, right? And then like, except for Lonzo's like, yeah, it was awesome remembering when my dad would yell at the high school coach. <laughs> when he would tell everyone that he's better than Jordan. So I mean like I mean I think it's clear that So it's just like a parody. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely He's just like real Donald Trump. No, he's he's like more yeah. like Ric Flair. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, whoa, he's, he's more like Ric Flair? Yeah. Ric Flair's just the greatest technician of his era. I mean, I think wrestling is a little different, right? Because it's all it's scripted. It's not. First of all, wrestling is not scripted. It is scripted. Outcomes are predetermined. It's not scripted. Have you scripted. not seen Glow yet? What? Of course I've seen Glow. No, no, I never saw the. I haven't seen the TV show Glow, but I watched the original Glow. A lot. Same, but I also watched yeah, the TV show Glow. I thought the, I thought the attract, most attractive was Natasha when I was young. So I'm just saying. But the, she, is Natasha the Russian one? Yeah. The one that Allison replayed? Is she the hot Russian one who becomes a good guy later? The, out, yeah. the outcomes are predetermined, oh, but the, yeah, like they're, 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 the, the, they don't... Regardless, Only right? Macho Man Randy anyway, Savage script matches. No, you're definitely getting caught up in, like, uh, in, like, unnecessary minutia. And then there's also, there's also the interview, right, when she just totally came clean. He was like, oh, yeah, it's marketing. It's ridiculous, right? When, like, when the Lakers met up with him, right? Yeah. He just told Magic Johnson, he's like, yeah, I mean, I taught him, I taught him everything you could teach him, right, but... Obviously, he's in way better hands now because they had to make sure that he wasn't going to be you know, a yeah. helicopter dad or whatever. But then there's also a, nut, uh, a, a real in-depth profile with the Ball Brothers. And you see him, he's just like, he's just very warm and genuine. It's clear that he loves his sons a lot, right? And there was like one bit, of, they're talking about his mom, you know, right? Or his wife and their mom. And uh, he was like, look, you guys want to be mean to your mom? That's fine. You know, you guys are like, you know, big boys, you can do whatever you want, right? But if you're mean to your mom, you got to be mean to her all the time. Right, you can't be mean to her, and then when you get sick, you know, right, be nice to her and be like, oh, you know, thanks for taking care of me. You want to be mean to your mom, you have to be mean to her, twenty four seven. Yeah, and I was just like, this guy's awesome. Yeah. I love this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, here we go. Uh, psychoanalysis of the uh, ball but family. If you watch the Ladicky video, it is really. It's funny. on ESPN. Yeah, just look yeah. on YouTube, right? Just yeah. look up like uh, Lil Dicky. Uh, forgotten Ball Brother or something like All right, that. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. Google will help me out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. That was Green Artifacts and uh, a little bit of uh, NBA. I love Artifacts.